0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: I'm just imagining what 5,000 calories would look like in terms of the actual food because the difference between, say, myself or Carlin or or Matt Jones eating 5,000 calories and one of the boasts eating 5,000 calories probably looks way, way different in terms of what those 5,000 calories look like. Uh, man, Matt, that just hurts. Like, I even thinking about five. I've I've done thirty eight hundred calories once, and I felt awful. I can't imagine what I would feel like after five. I, I feel like I would not want to get off of my couch for like three weeks. Yeah, I'm sure
0: I've eaten five thousand calories at some point for a day because you know, like a good trip to uh, Outback will probably do that for you if you have the, if you eat the wrong things. You know, blooming onions like twenty three hundred on its own. You know, you just, but we're not all like great eaters like you, but as far as doing it every day, I couldn't, but if you're telling, I like how everybody acts like they couldn't do it course you could do it there's a lot of stuff with hot you know what it's good just eat it go eat, you go to a mexican restaurant and eat up you don't think you could eat well i mean you may not be able to but you could eat like chips and salsa you know what i mean calories are in a full thing of chips yeah, like yeah, it'll no, you know so yes i could do it
1: Would i want to do it every day no i think that would be a
0: bad decision
1: no, that, that would be, I would say, more than a bad decision, Matt Jones. That would be a horrific, horrific life, life decision, probably how you or I would need it. I can have corn chips, just can't have flour. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series, except are Whereas always presented by Progressive Insurance, that voice you did hear is Matt Jones. You can follow him on Twitter, as I've been calling it, Twix, at KY Sports Radio. You can follow me at Mike Rothstein. Thanks for joining us here today and we're going to bring in our producer shannon penn who insists he can have 7,000 calories in a day and i'm not sure where he would put it but we're going to go with that and just trust him here because we're going to do a little topic called trust tree and shannon i do not trust you when it comes to being able to eat 7,000 calories
2: hey look i didn't i didn't uh, earn this uh, type 2 diabetes for nothing all right right, <laughs> put in the work i'm gonna earn it let's go <laughs> Let's get that A1C up. All right, here We're we go. All right, so trust tree. I'm going to give you guys two quarterbacks. You got to tell me which one you trust more. Easy enough, right? That's and you can easy. determine what that level of trust is. If it's trust enough to get to a Super Bowl, is it trust enough with a winning drive? However you want to determine it, go at it. It's Friday. So I will start here with two rookie quarterbacks for you, Matt Jones. Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, which quarterback do you trust more? That's what you're going to really start with because, like, the answer here is absolutely obvious.
0: Will Levis – is 500 times better than Anthony Richardson. And you save this clip, ESPN. Like, this is something you can play in 10 years. But you're not even going to need to wait 10 years. Because in four years, Anthony Richardson won't even be in the league. I'm telling you, I don't know that Will Levis is going to be a great quarterback. But I, I've said this. I said it before the draft. I said it after the draft. You find me the quarterback in NFL history that was a bad college quarterback that became a great pro quarterback. Quarterback. You will not find one. Will Levis was a good to great college quarterback. Anthony Richardson was not good. He had two good games in two years and a lot of terrible games. I don't know how good Will Levis will be, but I know it will be better than Anthony Richardson, so I trust Will Levis more.
1: I don't trust either one of these guys. Let's preface that here. That said, I would probably trust Will Levis over Anthony Richardson, and it all goes back to the college production. We've seen Will Levis have at least some good college production. We've seen Anthony Richardson throw for a little over 50% completion percentage of his passes his one year as a starter at Florida I, I can't buy into that in terms of NFL success. People are hoping and they're they're wishing that, that it's like Josh Allen, right? But Josh Allen had more experience. But he was good. Wyoming, right? That's think People talk about, about he him, wasn't yeah. good. He was good yeah. in college. He just wasn't super accurate, but everything yes. else was there. We, we just haven't seen it from Anthony Richardson. And, you know, a, a coach once told me hope is not a strategy, and it feels like the Colts are hoping on Anthony Richardson. Will Levis, I can't get this, on board with that.
0: Will Levis had – arguably, the best season in modern Kentucky history. Anthony Richardson had arguably the worst season in modern Florida history. How in the world do people think that will flip in the NFL? I don't get it. What's next? Right, oh man. All right, Hope. Mike,
2: the next two quarterbacks here, Dak Prescott or Geno Smith? Which one do you trust more, Mike?
1: Dak? Uh, I'm going to go with Dak here. And it's large in large part because we've seen it more consistently from Dak Prescott than we have from Geno Smith. Geno Smith was a great story last year, and I, I hope for Geno Smith's sake that it works out for him in Seattle. But I got to have I got to go with the law of averages here, and I got to go with regression to the mean here, and I, that's going to happen with Geno Smith this year. And Dak Prescott, we got a guy who got hurt early in the year last year, he came back. It's in necessarily seem like he was like himself I don't think we're going to see the best version of Dak but I trust Dak more than Geno and I think we'll see a better season from Dak Matt than Geno Smith Geno was better than Dak last year but take every
0: other year of their career and Dak was probably better than Geno so I'm going to sort of do like you I think there's a regression to the mean and Dak is better than he was last year and Geno is probably worse than he was last year so I'm going to take Dak uh, that I trust
1: slightly more uh, absolutely, Shannon. Uh, what's next here on Candy and Carlin? All
2: right, Matt. Next quarterbacks here on the list. Trust free. which quarterback do you trust more, Aaron Rodgers or Joe Burrow?
0: No, oh, Joe Burrow. That's easy for me. Aaron Rodgers stunk last year. Now he, I'm supposed to believe because he went to Costa Rica and it was dark that he's going to be better this year. I mean, come on. I, I, I don't, I don't get the Aaron Rodgers hype. He's, he's obviously one of the best of all time, and he'll have a really good year, and I think the Jets will be much better. But Joe Burrow's a dude who's been to a Super Bowl, been to an AFC championship game, and this is his fourth year. I am all in on Joe Burrow. For the next decade, I
1: trust Joe Burrow more now than I do Aaron Rodgers. It's Joe Burrow all day. And that's not a slight on Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is very close to the end of his career. He is not in his prime anymore. Joe Burrow is entering his prime. We've seen what Joe Burrow can do with this offense. He's also on the same team and the same offense with the same cast around him. Every reason to trust Joe Burrow over Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, the one caveat with Joe Burrow is very simply... That he's injured at the moment, but provided he's healthy, I'm trusting Joe Burrow over Aaron Rodgers uh, on so, so many
2: levels. Shannon, who's next? All right, Mike. Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson? Which quarterback do you trust more? Once again, I would like to yell
1: from the rooftops, neither. I don't trust either one of these guys on so many levels. Deshaun you got to pick one. Or, I know i got to pick one. Or I know, I, or, I know it's the it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of, of questions because or, they have Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Don't trust either one of them either. Um, I, I'm going to trust Russell Wilson more just because uh, I trust Sean Payton that he's going to get more out of Russell Wilson than what we saw in the past. But I don't feel good about either one of them. This is like which expired fruit do you want to pick?
0: Yeah, I would say the Watson, I guess. I don't really trust either one of them, but in the last – yeah, I don't trust either one of them. But I'm going to take Deshaun Watson because I think Russell Wilson is done. There's at least a theoretical world in which you could say, well, Deshaun Watson hasn't played in the last couple years a lot, and now he's with his second year at works. I don't know what the scenario is Russell Wilson turns it around. So I guess I will take Deshaun Watson. What's next? All right, Matt, which quarterback do you trust more, Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson? I'm taking Lamar, okay? So I there's one great year of Jalen Hurts. He was better last year than Lamar. But Lamar had years like that just a couple years back. There's no reason for me to think his style of play has declined. If he was in the NFC, I think the Ravens might be the favorite to make the Super Bowl, They're just in a different league. And I think he's got more weapons. So I'm going to take Lamar. I think, you know, I, I don't think – a Jalen is that's a crazy case to make but I think people are sleeping on Lamar Jackson they forgot about Dre back in the day and he had to bring Eminem in and show everybody that who he was Lamar did that with Odell
1: this year and we're going to remember who Lamar is I really want to take Jalen Hurts here I really do but Lamar Jackson had a say in this offense Lamar Jackson essentially said, hey, I need to have more control here. I know what I want to do. I know what I believe I can do. So he bet on himself, which he has done often in his career. And for him, it has to pay off. So I'm going to trust that Lamar Jackson knows what he's doing. It worked out enough to get a really nice contract for himself. I'm going to trust Lamar Jackson here also because the Ravens have put – in the type of resources for really the first time in terms of receiving in his career that he has had. Remember, he at one point had Hollywood Brown, and that was it. And they drafted Rashad Bateman, and he was hurt last year. Now they've got Odell. They've got Zay Flowers. They've got Rashad Bateman still. They still have J.K. Dobbins as a running back. And, oh, yeah, they have Mark Andrews too. I like the options he has as pass catchers. So I trust Lamar Jackson here because he was an MVP, and he was darn good doing it. Who's next, Shannon? All
2: right, the next quarterback's on the list here for you, Mike Mac Jones or Daniel Jones?
1: Yeah, I'm going to trust Daniel Jones because I don't think Mac Jones is any good. Uh, I think 2021 was an aberration for Mac Jones. He got lucky in a lot of ways. It did not look good last year. Bill O'Brien's good with quarterbacks, but just not feeling it. Daniel Jones and Brian Dable figured it out, Matt another Jones, by the way, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, Matt Jones. Uh, he figured it out. He really did, and they have Saquon that they can lean on. I trust Daniel Jones enough to be the better quarterback for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me that's the easiest one. I definitely trust Daniel Jones. Mac Jones has done nothing. Uh, Daniel Jones, I don't know if he's great, but he's serviceable, he's good, and he last year had a better year than Mac Jones did by quite a bit. He's older. Uh, I trust Daniel Jones. Mac Jones also annoys me because everyone thinks that uh, that his name is Matt Jones. And so I actually, when he plays badly, people will write me on Twitter as if I played badly. And it annoys me because I'm like, not only is my name not Mac, you really think, Mac Jones' Twitter handle would be at KY Sports radio. <laughs> like, why in the world would that be his Twitter handle? So I think Mac Jones, the fact that Patriots fans get angry at him and yell at me makes me <laughs> like him less.
2: What's next? <laughs> All right, Matt Jones. Next two quarterbacks here on the list on the trust tree, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? Which quarterback do you trust more? Well, I like more? that one. I mean, I think the easy answer is Justin Herbert, but I'm going to take Trevor
0: Lawrence. I don't totally get – the Justin Herbert love, again, win something. Trevor Lawrence actually did win against Justin Herbert last year in the playoffs. I think now that he has a good coach, you're seeing a lot of the the sort of, I don't know, skill set that he had coming into the league showcase. I think they're both going to be really good. Don't get me wrong. This is not a, a downgrading either one of them. But I actually am going to take Trevor Lawrence in
1: what might be a slight upset to people. I'm also taking Trevor Lawrence. There you go. The reasoning is honestly fairly simple. Trevor Lawrence, when he came out, was a can't miss. He was a generational prospect. And then he ran into the absolute disaster that was Urban Meyer, right? And it went completely awful for him. And yet he was the voice of reason. The, The person you could call a kid was the voice of reason in the room with adults. And then you saw what happened when he had a real coach, a real NFL coach, and Doug Peterson there to guide him. Great season. He's only going to grow. I look at this as year two of Trevor Lawrence, not year three, because of what he had to deal with as a rookie. I'm super impressed. Justin Herbert's good. Trevor Lawrence might be great.
2: Next. All right, Mike. The next quarterback's on the list here to trust Tariq. Which quarterback do you trust more, Tua or Kirk Cousins? I'm going to say Kirk Cousins, and it's not fair to Tua, but
1: it's the reality of Tua's situation. We have not seen Tua get through a season healthy to where I can feel like I can trust him to win enough games over a 16 and be there. We know, we know the talent when he's there, and what he has around him is incredible. And speed, man, you've got speed like the Dolphins anywhere else in the NFL. But Kirk Cousins has done it before. We know he can win games. Yes, there's the theory of big game Kirk, which has not been a big game at all. But I'm going to trust Kirk Cousins here over Tua. But a lot of that has to go with health.
0: Yeah, I'm going Kirk Cousins pretty easy on this one just because health is part of it. But it's not the only thing. I mean, Tua was very exciting for a number of games last year. But, I mean, I still haven't seen that at that next level, again, not his fault that he got hurt, but I'm still going to take Kirk Cousins. I don't love either one of them as a top-tier quarterback, but if you're just asking me if I'm getting through the year and I'm like, who's got the better chance of giving me the year I want, I'm probably going to take Kirk Cousins. What's next?
2: All right, Matt, Justin Fields or Brock Purdy? Which quarterback do you trust well, more? That's a tough one.
0: Um, okay, so this the key word keyword is trust. So I think Justin Fields' upside is much higher And I think Justin Fields has a chance to have a massive year this year. So in a year, you ask me this, I think this might be a slam dunk to Justin Fields. But there's also bust potential there. And I don't know that Brock Purdy is going to be a bust. He at least will, within the Shanahan system will usher them through. So I'm going to take Brock Purdy, but I'd rather have Justin Fields long term. But if you're just asking me who I trust more this year, I'll take Brock Purdy.
1: I, I'm I'm with you, but not for those reasons. This is an easy one for me. It's Brock Purdy all day. And I'm not saying that because I feel like I'm a card-carrying member of the Brock Purdy family. Sounds panel. like I'm you are. It, I know. But I, I'm saying it because of this. The way the Bears use Justin Fields, they almost use him like a running back, which tells me two things. One, they don't necessarily trust him as a passer. Two, they at least last year didn't love – his options to throw the ball. Now, they obviously upgraded with DJ Moore there. However, I still don't know if I trust him as a passer, and that is incredibly concerning when your position is quarterback. If they're going to treat him like a running back, he's going to lose years off of his career every season he plays, double of what a quarterback would. So for that reason, along with that, we've seen Brock Purdy win more and he's in a better system, I'm going with Brock Purdy all day. Who's next? And by the way, Shannon, and i seen we do not have the quarterback I cover on here. Just throwing that out there. Because no one knows who it is. Fair enough. Desmond Ritter could walk
0: down the street with a shirt on that says, I'm Desmond Ritter, how are you? And no one would even be like, who is that? Does Look, it I, was, here?
2: I was trying to help you out in Mike. I didn't want to put the quarterback that you cover up here because if you don't say you trust him, you know, that might be a little interesting. How can you in, trust him? You can't pick him branch. out of a lineup. No, I Desmond Ritter? Can. Can.
1: I can. He's from Louisville. How can you not pick him out of a lineup? I mean, I wish him the best, but, like, seriously, that
0: should answer your question. I am literally in (laughs) Louisville, Kentucky. He grew up about a mile from where I am, and I don't know what he looks
2: like. So stop it. There's no way that people know Desmond. All right, let's do one more. Let's have a little fun one more, right? Because I was thinking about this, and, of course, I left out Patrick Mahomes because you can't, really can't compare him to any of the current quarterbacks. So I will ask you, Matt, I will start with you. Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady in his prime, which quarterback do you trust more? All
0: right, that's tough because I'm going to say Brady in his prime because, again, the key word is trust. I think there's going to be an argument that Mahomes is better, but Mahomes – Probably, just the way he plays, has a tendency to maybe get hurt a little bit more. And Brady won it six times. Now, Mahomes won it twice. But I'm not ready to put Mahomes yet over the best to play. So I'm going to take Brady. But, again, we're splitting hairs. I'd take either one of them over almost anyone that ever played the game.
1: You're right there. I'm also going to take Brady. It has nothing to do with – Mahomes has arguably the better arm talent. And certainly in terms of creativity and movement and modern quarterback is in today's quarterback, I love what Patrick Mahomes does, and he's more of a modern quarterback than what Tom Brady was. But Tom Brady just – he won, and he was consistent, and you knew almost every time he was not going to force anything. So it comes down to that word that Matt has said a couple times, which is trust. And when we're talking about trust – I don't know if there's any quarterback that's ever played. I don't know if there's any player in the NFL that has ever played that you can say you trust more than Tom Brady. Now, come back in five years, and we may have a different conversation, but right now it's Tom Brady in his prime. That was Shannon Penn, who was divvying out all of the quarterback trust tree stuff alongside Matt
2: Jones on Michael Rothstein. Almost this did is... who you trust more, Matt, uh, Matt Jones or uh, well, Michael Rothstein. But that oh, familiar. I mean, I trust
1: Matt Jones more than me.
2: Oh, no, definitely. Like, yeah, I, I yeah, may or I, may not have said Mac Jones, but we'll leave it at that.
1: I yeah. mean, I, I well, I would trust myself or Matt Jones over Mac Jones, just to, in, in a whole bunch of ways. Listen, Mac Jones, in, in, in 10 years, he's going to hit his – Twix handle, Listen, his Twitter handle is going to be ALA Sports Radio.
0: Look, Mac Jones is going to be selling used cars in Alabama for the rest of his life, and he's going to be really good at it. I'm not going to lie to you, but he is not going to be playing for the Patriots in three years.
1: Well, here's all you need to know about, about Mac Jones. Calais Campbell, who's now with the Atlanta Falcons, Matt, he joined. He's he, like the first day of camp, and he's been on NFI. But the first day of camp, we got in a whole quarterback conversation and the, uh, the Patrick Mahomes thing where he was talking about, oh, you know, I try to be nice to quarterbacks. And we asked Calais Campbell, who is a giant human and 99 career sacks, well, you know, is this true? He said, yeah, it's true. And I was like, well, who's ever been whatever? He said, you know, Phillips Rivers was a trash talker, but he was always respectful. He's like, Mac Jones was kind of disrespectful. He's like, who are you? Be quiet. Like M- Mac Jones was running his mouth to Calais Campbell. That I can't trust a quarterback who's going to do that. Just no way can I trust a quarterback who's going to do that. Coming up, we're going to talk to somebody who thought and probably still thinks that Brock Purdy is a cute story. The one, the only, Teron Davenport. That's next here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app.
3: This is the Kantian and Carlin Podcast. Touchdown Derrick Henry.
0: I have
1: never seen a tailback like him. Six foot three, over 240 pounds, and he beats defensive backs in the open field. Derrick
0: Henry so tough to stop and ripping teams apart running the football. If he don't play well, we don't play well. He's like the LeBron James or our team.
1: We're about a half hour away from some exciting preseason football, if that's your sort of thing. You got the Falcons and the Dolphins among the teams that will be kicking off their preseason schedules here at 7 o'clock. Tonight, this is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. As always, Kenny and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alongside Matt Jones on Michael Rothstein. And we've talked about a whole bunch of stuff today, Matt. But we've talked a little bit about Brock Purdy. And... I can't help it, but we're going to talk to our ESPN Titans reporter, Teron Davenport, right now. But Teron already knows where I'm going here because every time we talk, I can't help it. Where are you feeling on Brock Purdy now, my man? <laughs>
4: I knew you were going to bring it up, man. That's your pride and joy. I, I want to get some uh, birth records, man, and just make sure that, you know, that's not your son, man, the way you talk about him. But, hey, look, I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm really glad that he was able to get back and – be ready to go, and we'll see what happens. We we will see, but it's still a, 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 a cute story. I like it a lot.
1: <laughs> it's not a cute story anymore, but, but let's start here with a guy who a lot of people are hoping will be the next quarterback in Tennessee, and that, of course, is Will Levis. What have you seen from Will Levis yeah. so far that might give you the confidence he can be that guy to eventually replace Ryan Tannehill?
4: Yeah, I'm glad you asked about Levis because I, I've really been impressed with some of the progressions that he's made. I've yes. seen him from rookie mini camp until now. And I know, Matt. Yeah, I was about to say, guys. he You're stole gonna, my question, Teron. To Ron. I mean, Man, you I knew I is.
0: was going to ask you about Will <laughs> and He goes and steals it, but that's all right.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he stole your thunder. But I, I'll tell you what, one of the things that I've seen that has impressed me is just the way he's learned to layer the football a, a little bit better. And there were a couple times early in, in training camp where, like, he was throwing lightning bolts on five-yard slants, and it's like, you can't you can't do that. You know That's but what he did at Kentucky,
0: Teron. That was his problem at Kentucky, is that he fingers, would do exactly that.
4: Like Brett his idol or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, he ran a two-minute drill um, towards the end of our team period, and some of the throws that he made were beautiful. Like, he hit Racy McMath on a corner route, Kiaris Jackson out of Georgia, hit him nicely on a corner route. And just the way that he just nice touch on the ball, I, I was impressed with that. But the thing that... I'm impressed the most with him. And I talked to him about this after practice yesterday. It was just about when you make a mistake, being able to just flush it and move on to the next play. And when I asked him about that specifically, if you could have saw the smile that came on his face, so you know that's something that he was working on. And uh, he got intercepted. It was a bad throw. But then the very next play, you know, he, he made a nice throw. And I, I think those are the type of things that, that you want to see. You see him in red zone, too, like where things are, are, are popping a lot quicker. And he he shined there. I, I've been impressed with him, and then just to look at him, as it's like man, if God created a quarterback, it would look yeah, like no Will kidding.
0: Levis. He's a beast, uh, you know, just in appearance. Let, so so when I have to tell you, going into the season, okay, I understood why the Titans brought back Tannehill. Obviously, I understood why they drafted Levis. But then you look and say, okay, well, where does that leave Malik Willis? Like that would seem like the odd man out. But I hear he's doing pretty well. How does he fit into this? not just this year, will he win the backup job, but also just for the rest of his career?
4: Yeah, no, that's a good question. And while I just raved about Will Levis's progression from rookie camp till now, I could rave even more about Malik Willis and, and the way that things have gone from when he first got to the Titans to, to now. and I think that's the big thing, just a steady improvement. Being able to maneuver the pocket, not escape it too quickly, you know, make the one read and run. He doesn't do that anymore. And he, he told me that he didn't even call plays in the huddle at Liberty. So this is a totally different thing for him. And he's starting to be a lot more comfortable with that. And it's kind of like speaking the same language. That's the way that he put it. As far as the future for him, look, so he's going to get a chance to compete for the backup spot. I, I think he starts tomorrow. Uh, against the Bears in the preseason opener. And then after that, you know, it's just going to be continue to compete. And I think they keep three quarterbacks at some point. It may not be next year, but eventually Ryan Tannehill is going to be out of there and he'll get to compete with with Levis for for a spot. And at at the very minimum, he'll he'll be an adequate backup that, you you know, could have a Jacoby Brissett-like career. You you know, maybe he'll get an opportunity uh, somewhere else at, at some point. But I think Levis is the quarterback of the future.
1: We're gotcha. talking to Teron Davenport, ESPN Titans reporter here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I will, they signed DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and for some people, it was mm-hmm. a curious signing because this team looked like it might be one heading a little bit towards a rebuild, but signing DeAndre Hopkins ain't going to do that for you. How has Hopkins looked so far in practices or in during training camp?
4: Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know if you've met Mike Vrabel ever, but, you know, a rebuild – Losing and those type of things, I, I you can never correlate the two together. He, he'll never be in a status where he's uh, starting over or losing a whole lot. That's just not in his DNA. Um, so you, with Hopkins coming in, I, I think it really it just energized everybody. You know, I talked to a lot of the DBs and they say how iron sharpens iron, and they love getting to go against some Christian Fulton, especially. And you talk to the other receivers, Traylon Burks. Chris Moore, who came over from the Texans, these guys just love having him in the room because they look at what he does and they're like, man, I got to try to do something similar. And especially like with Burks, that's one thing he told me that as a man, you don't want another man to do better than you. Like you root for him, but you don't want him to be better than you. So it pushes him to be better. And then just the overall confidence that this team has, it's elevated because Hopkins is put in the mix. Ryan Tannehill loves throwing the football to him, and that's something that is different from before with Julio Jones, whereas Hopkins has come in immediately and been a huge part of the offense and what they want to do. You see that in 7-on-17 seven period, all of that, and they're going to him frequently, often, and there's a nice package. You know, Remember, he's being reunited with Tim Kelly, who was his OC in Houston. He had 104 catches that year, 2019, his last year with the the Texans. Now, of course, Deshaun Watson was the quarterback. Bob uh, Bill O'Brien was calling the plays, but still Kelly was helping with the, the offensive design. So I think it's going to be big. That offense is definitely going to benefit from having him, that balance there, a the passing attack, as well as Derrick Henry running the ball.
0: Yeah, Mike Vrabel when he was in Lexington for Will Loves' pro day, I he came to my bar and I actually got to talk to him for a long time and I was just impressed with <laughs> I was impressed with all like how much he knew about everything Levis and the things he was asking me about. And it made me yeah, think about what yeah. an intense preparer he must be, which makes it, I think, even more interesting that he's letting someone else coach this weekend. I think, what do you, what, is, what does that say that he's doing that this weekend for his assistant?
4: Yeah, huge respect to Mike Vrabel for that. And Terrell Williams is a guy, he's been coaching for 26-plus years, 12 years in the NFL. And one of the things with him that, that you notice is, I don't care if it's an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, linebacker, whoever, there's a relationship and a good example of that, right? Terrell Williams in two thousand eighteen when he came to the Titans, Mike Vrabel hired him. And Dal McConsu called Mike Vrabel with the recommendation, by the way. You know, so this is something that you don't you don't always see a player calling a coach saying, Hey, hire my coach, man. He is the real deal. But when he got there in two thousand eighteen he presented Taylor Lewan with a scouting report from when he was coaching with the Dolphins, the D-line there. And he showed Lewan the, the scouting report and told him, you know, you need to get better in this, these, these things, but you do these things well. And I think with Mike Vrabel is doing that is just an example of the, the leadership that, that he presents, right? And one of the things that the trademarks of a good leader is you will get out the way and let other people do what they do. You know, and I think that's what you're seeing here. Giving him an opportunity just to experience everything that goes into being a head coach, not only on game day, but in the days leading up to it. You know, putting together the the meetings and, and those type of things. So it's outstanding that he's done that. And the Titans overall have, have done a great job, right? Mike Vrabel went out and he hired Lori Locus you know, as their first full time position coach. You know, she's an assistant uh, outside linebackers coach, and it's not a gimmick. You watch the things that she does, and she's really working on these guys with specific techniques. So you look at those things that that they're doing, and I think this is just a a small part of of the big picture that, that they have going on.
1: We've seen Coach Locust also coach down in Tampa before, so this is not her first yeah. go round in the NFL. Teron, thanks as always for the time, man. I appreciate it and I'll look forward to some more cute stories the next time we work together.
4: Yeah, for sure, man. We'll we'll talk more Brock Purdy, man. I know you'll be rooting him on. <laughs>
1: go cats <laughs> <laughs> that of course the great Teron Davenport covers the Titans for us here at ESPN. Give him a follow at T Davenport underscore NFL. Coming up next, Rory Phil Gambling. Oh, yeah, you can't miss this. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM, Channel 80. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
0: Time to earn some cash.
3: The taste of money,
0: the smell of wealth. It's Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money.
1: This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM, Channel 80. Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. I'm Michael Rothstein. He is Matt Jones, and as you heard right there in the open— it's time for play of the night, and I can be unhelpful here because gambling is not legal in Georgia, and also you don't want my advice when it comes to your money. However, my man Matt Jones, you should trust him. So Matt, take it away. So I'm a Reds. I've been on the hottest streak baseball
0: betting of all time. I mean, there are literally statues going up around the country about what about the run I'm on. But the way I've been doing it is not scientific. It's been this. I've been hedging my sadness about the Reds losing. The Reds have lost 8 of the last 9, and so I bet against the Reds and with the teams they're fighting for in parlays so that if it happens, I'm still happy and it's worked very well. So tonight, the Reds are on the road at the Pirates. The Reds are plus 1, or excuse me, are minus 102 and then the Cubs Are at, uh, are against the Blue Jays. They're plus 127. And so actually, for plus 350, you get Pirates and Cubs. I would take the Pirates and the Cubs in a parlay tonight.
1: Well, you were smart that you did not take the Mets because no one should ever take the Mets because they are just all about pain. Can I
0: actually just be honest? I just realized I screwed that bet up and bet it the opposite. I accidentally bet on the Reds instead of the Pirates. So let's switch it. Bet the Reds <laughs> and the Cubs in a parlay. Throw that out because I accidentally hit the wrong button. Reds and the Cubs in a parlay. Sorry about that.
1: Well, that's what you heard. Reds, Pirates, that's the (laughs) parlay you should take here from Matt Jones. Pay no attention to the man in the mirror beforehand that may have screwed this up. It's time for 3 and Out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best.
0: Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is
1: 3 and Out. Matt, this story it fascinates me, and I'm actually really excited to read this book. So there, there's a book coming out, and in the book, which is all about the best gambler in American history, he talks about Phil Mickelson and gambling and how he might have lost a, or gambled one billion. That's billion with a B, billion a like the Showtime show, dollars in his life. And Rory McElroy, well, Rory has a good sense of humor. So here's what he had to say about Phil.
0: The talk of the golf world is this book excerpt that came out about Phil Mickelson. I'm curious what your reaction when you
3: read about it. I mean, at least he can bet on the Ryder Cup this year because he won't be a part of it. So.
1: <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> like, seriously, line. that, I mean... You have to figure Rory was kind of, he had that in his back pocket, not the pocket with his scorecard, the other pocket, and he was just waiting for it to come out. I love the line.
0: I love these two hate each other. I've always kind of thought Phil was a phony. I think as the years have gone on, that has been proven more and more out. I love that Rory shows his personality, and I love a good trash talk. Golf needs more of it. They're all too
1: much friends. I want them to dislike each other. I enjoyed it. Go, Rory. I love it. No, it's good too because if you consider start to consider this the post Tiger era, Matt, they need some juice here to keep people interested to keep well, people from it. that. Rory's
0: the guy, even though he hadn't yeah. won in a long time, a major. Rory's the guy. I think it's great. And Phil's not. Phil's gonna miss his first Ryder Cup. Is either a player or a captain in like. 30 years, so it is what it is.
1: I'm just waiting for Brooks and Bryson to maybe get a stray in there also. Let's make it really, really exciting. This has been Canty and Carlin with Matt Jones. I'm Michael Rossi. Joe and Amber is next. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.